I definitely believe that God does still heal people today. And I definitely believe that God does supernatural things. And when we pray, God does amazing things. And even when we don't pray, God does amazing things. He is a supernatural God. But the reason why I'm doing this episode is because I believe there is a danger when we think that God might be speaking to us when he's not. And I believe that when we see that the word is all we need, that we won't go off and and potentially harm ourselves and harm others because we think that God is talking to us when he has already talked to us in his word. Hi, friends. I hope you're having a great day today. I'm so pumped for what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking today about cessationism and the closed canon. Cessationism and a closed canon. I would say that I grew up believing in the inerrancy of Scripture, but it wasn't until years later that I had even heard of the term the sufficiency of Scripture. And I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, my journey through my coming from inerrancy, which I still hold to, but, but going one step further and not only believing in the inerrancy of Scripture, but also coming to the belief of the sufficiency of Scripture. Not only is the Bible without error, but I have come to believe that the Bible is all we need. The Bible is the only thing that we need for this life and godliness. And and I just want to talk to you a little bit about some reasons why I have become a cessationist and why I believe that the canon is completely closed, which, which also I believe supports cessationism. But before we do that, I just want to say as well, for those who might be listening who are not cessationists, uh, I, as I look at Christianity, I, I would definitely say that I hold to the minority uh, of this view. I just want to say this, I totally respect your view. And uh, the purpose for this episode is not to create division, it's not to discourage anyone, but more of, I have just been so helped by cessationism. And I just want to share why it's changed my life and why I believe that it's clearly in the Bible. And I'm going to be giving five reasons why I believe that the Bible supports cessationism. The first reason is because I believe that the Bible clearly says that there are no more apostles and prophets today. I believe that because the Bible has been fully written, we no longer have apostles and prophets today. And I believe that Acts 1 shows that there are no longer apostles. And I believe that Hebrews 1 shows that there are no longer prophets. I'd like to read Acts 1. This is after Judas has passed away. And they're looking for one of uh, another apostle. And the criteria of the apostle is described in verse 21 and following. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. One of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. I believe this is clearly saying that one of the criteria of being an apostle is, as it says, they had to be there since the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And it even says, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. One of the criteria of being an apostle was that they had to be alive on earth when Jesus was there on earth. 
And as I look at today, I believe that we are living in a day where no one is around at that time. And so I believe this is clearly saying that the apostles was for a specific purpose. The apostles were around for the writing and the declaring of the the New Testament. But because the New Testament is finished, because Jesus has now ascended and no one else is on earth who was there when Jesus was there, I believe that there are no longer apostles today. And now we go to Hebrews 1, where I believe it supports that there are also no longer prophets today. This is Hebrews 1, starting in verse 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So I believe that this is also showing that there was a certain point where the prophets were to be speaking, but now in these latter days, God speaks to us, not by the prophets anymore, but by his son, Jesus Christ. So that is the first reason why I believe that the canon is closed. Why there are no longer, uh, there are no longer apostles and there are no longer prophets today. I believe it's because they were there for a specific purpose, but they are no longer there today. The second reason why I am a cessationist is because 1 Corinthians 12 was written at a time when the apostles and prophets were still there. I would say that this is kind of the the primary chapter that, that talks about a lot of those supernatural gifts. Even though there's a lot we can glean from 1 Corinthians 12, but those supernatural gifts, I believe they have ceased along with the apostles and prophets. Now, before we dive in a little bit to 1 Corinthians 12, I just want to say this as well on the front end. I definitely believe that God does still heal people today. And I definitely believe that God does supernatural things. And when we pray, God does amazing things. And even when we don't pray, God does amazing things. He is a supernatural God. But the reason why I'm doing this episode is because I believe there is a danger when we think that God might be speaking to us when he's not. And I believe that when we see that the word is all we need, that we won't go off and and potentially harm ourselves and harm others because we think that God is talking to us when he has already talked to us in his word. And so as we come now to 1 Corinthians 12, it, it lists several supernatural gifts. It begins to talk about the body and how one member should not say to the other, I have no need of you. And then as it goes on, it says this. I'm going to start in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating in various kinds of tongues. Verse 29. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? And so this was clearly written at a time where the uh, within the church, there still were apostles and prophets. And so as I read 1 Corinthians 12, I believe this was written for the believers at that time because there were still apostles and prophets in that 
church. But as we look today, I believe that because we are no longer under the apostles, because we are no longer under the prophets, that even though there's a lot we can still glean and learn from 1 Corinthians 12, at the same time as it lists all of those supernatural gifts, I believe that we are no longer under those because we are no longer under apostles. We are no longer under prophets. Those have been done. The prophets were writing the Old Testament and the apostles were writing the New Testament. And it's so important to note that that as we are no longer under them today, that we, we are no longer under these supernatural gifts. So that's the second reason why I all, why I am a cessationist is because 1 Corinthians 12 was written at a time when the apostles and prophets were still around, but they are no longer around today. We have the perfect closed canon. Uh, this, the third reason why I am a cessationist is because I believe that the end of the Bible gives a warning to anyone who is to add or take away from the Bible. And I think that's such an important thing. I just like to flip to Revelation. It's always important when we see the ending of the Bible giving a warning. And the warning is that anyone adding or taking away from the Bible, there is danger in that happening. Revelation 22, starting in verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. I believe this is clearly saying that the canon is closed. Uh, John desired for this to be the final book in the Bible. Now, some when, when people will say, well, when it says if anyone adds or takes away from this book, it's not talking about the whole Bible. It's talking about the book of Revelation. Now, I would say I do believe that when John talks about the word book, he is typically talking about what he's writing. In the book of John, we find that, and in the book of Revelation. However, I think it's also important to note that this similar phrase, I warn anyone who adds or takes away from, was also found in the book of Deuteronomy. And so I believe just how Deuteronomy was the final book of the law, I believe in the same way the book of Revelation is the final book in the canon of Scripture. And I believe the canon is clearly closed. I just want to read these two passages in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 4.2 you shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you. Deuteronomy 12.32 Whatever I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to, nor take away anything away from it. And so as I see, that's in the book of Deuteronomy, which is the final book of the law. And as I read this in Revelation, where it says, I warn anyone who hears of the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. I believe there is a similar parallel. The revelation is the end of the canon. It is now closed. Just how... Deuteronomy was the end of the law. It was the end of the, the, of the Torah, of the Pentateuch. In the same way, Revelation is the final book in the canon. The canon is now closed. If we want to hear God speak, the Bible is the primary place where we are to do that. 
I love the quote. I, I might be misquoting a bit, but by Justin Peters, it says, if you want to hear God speak, read the Bible. If you want to hear him speak audibly, read the Bible out loud. I think that's so important, and that is such a great way for us to be able to hear from God. Not that we're trying to hear from God in our own brains, but that instead of looking subjectively to what God is saying, that we are looking objectively at what he is saying. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on as well. The importance of not giving into subjective truth, but rather making sure that objective truth is the primary thing that we center our lives around. The fourth reason why I'm a cessationist is because God warns those who say that God is speaking on their behalf, and yet they are not speaking on God's behalf. I would say as we hear that warning, how can we fully know that God is speaking to us? Typically, whenever I hear someone talking about God speaking to them, a lot of times they're saying, I think this is what God is telling me. Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to say you think that Yahweh, the triune God, is talking to you? Are you sure that you want to have the boldness even to say, I think, unless you're 100% sure that God is speaking to you? This is in Ezekiel 13. Notice the warning here. You see, a lot of people, they think, well, if I say I think, well, then it's not that big of a deal. But just notice how dangerous it is when they are not speaking on his behalf at all. Ezekiel 13, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying and say to those who prophesy from their own hearts, hear the word of the Lord. Notice that. They are prophesying from their own hearts. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Whose spirit are they following? Not the Holy Spirit. They are following their own spirit. We go on to verse 6. They have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect him to fulfill their word. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination? Whenever you have said, declares the Lord, although I have not spoken. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have uttered falsehood and seeing lying visions, therefore behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who give lying divinations. Notice the danger here. This is such a danger. God is saying terrible judgments to, to those who are saying that God is speaking to them, and yet he's not. He's not. And when we think that God is speaking to us, it is dangerous for us to say, I think God told me this. Do you know? If you don't know, how on earth could you have the boldness to say that you think that God has spoken to you? Do you see God's terrifying warning that says, God says, I am against you if you speak on my behalf and I have not sent you? Are you willing to say that God has sent you or is spoken to you even when you think that? Shouldn't the fear of God that he says, I am against all that say that I have spoken on their behalf, even though I have not, wouldn't that terrify us to just go, why on earth would I even say that we think that God has spoken to us? It is a shocking and terrifying thing that it says here in Ezekiel 13. 
And so I would just give caution that we might not say that God has or has not, but that we would just hear the word, that we would read the word of God and say, this is how I know that God has spoken to me. We come now to the fifth reason why I'm a cessationist, and it is a sobering one, but I think it's true at the same time. It is because the majority of cults began because someone said, God told me so. I want to read a quote from Justin Peters. This is his quote. What do Mormons, Muslims, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian Science, and the Jim Jones cult all have in common? They were all begun by someone claiming that God or some spirit spoke to him, her, giving new revelation. When someone says God spoke to me, it never ends well. What a, what a sobering, sobering truth. The majority of false religions out there began because someone said God is speaking to me. God is speaking to me. And when we see that, I think it's a huge warning for us uh, to realize that God does speak to us, but it's only through the Word of God. If you haven't seen the miniseries called Waco, it's a very, it's a very intense miniseries on Netflix, but it shows what went on in that cult. And one of the reasons why that cult began was because their leader, their false prophet, their false teacher, basically said that God spoke to him. And they couldn't do anything about it. They're like, well, if God spoke to him, then I guess there's nothing I can do. And they put this human at the same level or at times above what the Bible clearly says. I think it's an important thing to note that the majority of cults and false religions have begun because someone has said that God has told them a certain truth or a certain reality. Something else that I want to say as well before we wrap up is I would say it's very good to put objective truth over subjective truth. Now, yeah, there are going to be times in Christianity where there are subjective things that that we should look at. Uh, Looking at fruit is a subjective thing. Looking at the fruits of the Spirit, looking at 1 John and the evidence of salvation, those are good things to, to look at that are subjective. But even though there are some subjective truths, at the same time, I would say that it is objective truth that is always most important. Objective truth is always more important than the subjective. And I just want to speak for a moment about some things that have been difficult for me. Uh, Just growing up in Christianity, I I believe that I was truly saved in 2007 in seventh grade. And there were several years during the beginning of my Christian walk where where I believed that there were just certain superstitious things that that I, I wanted. Uh, I wanted to feel God. I wanted an experience of God. Now, yeah, I believe there are times where our emotions will be affected by the truth, and that's a glorious, glorious thing. But I also believe that there are dangers to this feel society, this desire to feel God. Because when we desire to feel God, then worship no longer becomes about God, but instead it becomes about us desiring to feel something. And so I think it's so important as well that we, we put away a lot of the subjective realities and we primarily focus on the objective truth of the word. And once again, I think it's wonderful. I think the, the Christian is in the best place when they are having subjective uh, awe of God or just different emotional effects. That's wonderful. But at the same time, I think, I think when we focus too much on emotion and we focus too little on the truth, I think detrimental things will end up happening. And so I think it's very important that we, we at times we put away the subjective so that we embrace the objective. 
But our primary thing is, is about the truth, what the Bible says, that we're living a sanctified life to the glory of God, praising him even when we don't feel it. Well, just to wrap up, I want to share the five reasons about why I am a cessationist and I believe in a closed canon. The first reason is because I believe that the Bible clearly states that there are no more apostles or prophets today. Secondly, I believe 1 Corinthians 12 was written at a time when the apostles and prophets were there. And so because they are no longer there, I believe that we are no longer under the uh, 1 Corinthians 12 spiritual and supernatural gifts. But at the same time, I do believe that God still does supernatural things, but I believe that it is the Bible is not only inerrant, but it is also sufficient. The third reason why I'm a cessationist is because I believe the Bible clearly says that the canon is closed. Anything that was written after Revelation, we do not need to see as the Bible. Because after Revelation, I believe because that's the end of the canon, the canon is closed. If anyone is ever to come and say, well, God told me this, it's like, well, no, he didn't because it's not in the Bible. The fourth reason is because God warns those who would dare speak for him if they, if God has not truly spoken for him. I believe this is a huge warning and we should make sure that we are very careful before we, we dare say that God has spoken to us when he is clearly not. And he says to the false prophets of Israel, behold, I am against you, you who say that you speak on my behalf, even though you do not. And the fifth reason is a warning is I believe that it is also important to note that the majority of cults and false religions began because someone said, God told me. Well, once again, the reason why I did this is because I believe it's a very important thing. And I believe that the sufficiency of scripture is so important, especially today when you have many people that are trying to say that God talks to them. And we want to make sure to say, no, God does talk to us, but it is primarily in what the Bible says. And if you've been blessed by this podcast, I want to invite you to like, subscribe, and share. And please be praying once again that God would do a wonderful work in this ministry. And until next time, to the praise of his glorious grace, have a great day.